I was hoping though that you would introduce it because I love on the podcast, Bruce, when you sort of um, introduce what what we're talking about. And so I'm putting you on the spot. This is going to be like spontaneous introduction. You have nothing prepared. And so in one take, let's hear it. What are we talking Ooh. about here? Oh, Bruce can't do one. <laughs> Hey, professors. <laughs> Welcome back to the episode. Today, we've got Mr. Andy Redman and Dylan Gilligan, who are our special guests. And of course, joining us, Mr. Stephen Farrig, out of Champaign, <laughs> Illinois, at Campus Inc. Um, actually, today, we've got a really cool episode and something that I've been dealing with recently, which is people quitting. Now <laughs> what? Uh, I don't feel like we have enough redundancy. And... It's caused a lot of problems, especially this week, most, you know, like to put it very precisely. And that's why I wrote it down. So anyway, let's jump into the episode. Hey, Whoa, did it. holy wow, shit. Wow, look at you. <laughs> Bruce does a great oh. job. We don't give you enough credit for your intros. They've got a lot of energy. This is what happens when you record God knows how many. I don't know. You guys all <laughs> celebrated the hundredth episode. Yeah. I have no idea where we're at, but. Congrats on your 100, too, by the way. That's, hey, that's no small feat. I mean, it's definitely a grind sometimes. Supercolor is the world's best heat transfer. Supercolor is made using both digital and screen printing techniques. Why? Their digital process prints brilliant colors that make graphics pop, backed up with screen-printed white ink that gives amazing stretch and durability second to none. We use Supercolor a lot in our shop. We order it, it's super fast, it's super easy. And if you wanna use a promo code, you can use Printavo15 to get 15% off your order at Supercolor. Bruce? Make sure you use it, definitely awesome. Um, yeah, they got some amazing technology that they're working on. We got a private tour there, uh, check them out. I was just at a shop, they're printing on, they got a three auto shop, they're using Supercolor to do some pretty cool gradient work. Next up, Graphics Source. Thank you, Graphics, for sponsoring the podcast as well. Need a solution to improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department? Graphics Source offers industry-leading outsourcing options for your shop by truly becoming a part of the team. They plug and play, managing separations, mock-up, creative, order entry, digitizing, and really good customer service. I know you're a big graphics customer. Um, and by the way, real quick, if you mentioned Printable Podcast as well, you get 50% off your first separation or digitizing order. So that is super cool. Um, they have been great and they plug right into your Printable account. Like they know what to do, they know how to set it up, and they're ready to go. Bruce, have you heard of Multicraft Daddy? If no. you need ink, supplies, or a daddy, follow Dave Eggers, Multicraft underscore daddy on Instagram. Um, Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years provides you with top brands at competitive prices. Mention the Printavo podcast and receive an extra 10% off your order. Thanks, Multicraft. So many deals. Last but not least, EasyWay. You shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. EasyWay's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and will cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. If you're looking for any of these services, absolutely reach out to try these folks. These are hand-selected. They are sponsoring the industry to help push this space forward. So we're really happy to be able to work with them 
and uh, they appreciate your support too. All right, let's jump into the pod. And I want to um, give a special thanks to Stephen because that's part of the reason why um, we've done a couple of episodes is because I was struggling um, leading up to the hundredth, and I wasn't sure if I've said everything. You know, a hundred episodes, just like you said, is a lot, and I didn't know what was next, and I couldn't, I haven't, hadn't found that next thing yet. And um, Stephen ha- was really supportive, and he's, and he's. And um, he came up with an idea and he said, hey, well, I've got you. Like, let's just record a couple and um, we'll uh, we'll talk about stuff. And I don't know. I appreciate that. So thank you very much. Cheers to you, man. Uh, cheers to you. Um, I think these conversations are a little, you know, we, we love doing interviews. I mean, we've met some of the coolest people, um, but sometimes Bruce and I will just riff for 30 minutes and have some of the coolest conversations. And I think the four of us have had them. And I think there's some cool things we can we can talk about that might be a little bit sensitive and stuff. But I mean, just on people quitting, like we had one of our best hires um, get poached um, by a really, really big, awesome company. Um, and I didn't see it coming. And then, you know, couldn't have been more thrilled for that person. Right. That's just it. That's just it, too, is that I think that's really important when I kind of wrote down three things that are really important. Uh, when you, when, when people quit and um, what your response, what the owner or the leader's response um, should be. And the first one uh, to me is you got to set the tone and, uh, and be confident and be graceful because, you know, that person that's leaving, um, they contributed a lot. You know, it's true. They, they, they helped get you to where you are and helped that, you know, their team and their coworkers and everything about it. And so you're losing them. And there might be some like, you know, um, frustration, I suppose, even, especially when they're going to, like you just said, uh, um, I guess somebody that, that poached, you know, that person from you. And so, uh, no, I literally was like, at first, yeah, at first, do you, because I mean, I I was a little like, you know, I was a little blindsided by it. I, I didn't see it coming per se. Um, but when it all, when it all kind of rolled out, I was like, I'm not surprised. Like you're a stellar individual. Um, and there's no reason why a company like that wouldn't want you. Um, and it was like a graceful, like, you know, very amical, like very great goodbye, you know? And I, I was really proud of that person, um, for, for doing that, you know? And at one part I was like, you know, like, yeah, we were a, a platform or a stepping stone. Um, and I was a little bit like bittersweet. I'm like, why aren't we as cool as that company? And I'm like, well, maybe someday, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and that, that company's like, it's Nike, you know, I'll just put it out there. Like when your top employee gets a dream opportunity and you're just like, congrats. I don't know what to tell you. I guess like I've started telling employees we're on a hiring spree right now. And I've started telling employees someday you'll quit. Someday you're going to quit. I don't expect you to retire here. Have you all ever had like open conversations with employees about leaving? I feel like I'm in such a spot where it's so hard for me to get somebody in general and then to get somebody trained in this craft and then just knowing or expecting them to leave is like super fucking rough. I don't know. I feel like I can't easily just be like put an ad out and be like looking for a screen printer or looking for someone fluent in this for this industry. It's just, it doesn't happen. Like I have to literally grab people off the street that know nothing about anything 
and then train them fully and then to know or to hint at them like, oh, you might be better off like not working here at some point is kind of like, I don't think I would ever do that. I think I'd rather be, I'd rather get somebody, know they're a really good person and really good worker and then do anything and everything I can to like keep them here. But, but isn't that fun? Isn't that fundamentally true? Like everyone at some point, like even yourself, someday you'll quit or retire, right? Like die. What? Die Will here he? in this chair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <We're> viewing <laughs> right now. <laughs> I know, but like, but even, even, you know, someday, like if someone's going to stay with you for three years, five years, two years, 10 years, 25 years, someday they won't, they won't work there. Right. Like, right, I, I think know. that's yeah. true. Um, I think those conversations, um, I think that's real. I think that maybe 50 years ago, that wasn't as true. People would work someplace and, you know, forever and then retire there with their pension. And, and maybe that's part of it too. I mean, retaining employees, I have just now the, the most recent one that um, put in their two weeks and I lost was just a few weeks ago. And one of his reasons was retirement, like 401k. We do not have a 401k plan here. And it, and it now was a wake up call for me to say, okay, well, that's what we need that, you know, we need something, you know, why would you want to stay at a place when you're comparing to that, um, where they go is going to have some sort of pension so that they can retire one day, uh, versus a place that doesn't. I mean, I think that as a, as a company, we need to offer benefits, which we do, but, um, the best benefits, I guess, you know, better than our competitors. And I know that's hard, but I think it's real. I feel like for certain markets and certain businesses like Steven and Bruce, you guys are trying to attract like very like well-educated, like went to school, got degrees in like, you know, code and engineers and like all this other stuff. You guys are trying to go to people that are like very driven to get to the top of their field in whatever they can do. So like, yeah, they might work for you and be like, this is a great opportunity for that time. And then they get to another spot where they're like, I'm ready to level up to Nike or whatever it is. Because for me, Nike is the top of that chain. But, but isn't um, like Starbucks, like I, I would, I'd push back a little bit and be like, look at what Starbucks does. Like if you're there, they do tuition waiver for college. Like Walmart has their full program. Like there are trade level jobs or like entry level jobs. And these companies are like shelling out for them. Like why mm-hmm. would, if you could make coffees at Starbucks, get 401k health insurance, potentially tuition waivers, be on a management track versus I'm going to go learn print shirts, like no benefits, nothing. Isn't there something there? I don't know. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that that's where like here I try specifically to be like, I try to make it part of their life rather than just like their nine to five job. Like, I don't know, like I try to make this space more of like a home away from home if they want to hang out or do anything. Like even after work, there's a lot of people that just hang out for like an hour or two to just shoot the shit or play games or, you know, we can grill out back or whatever we do. I just try to make it a space where like they look forward to, yeah, it's work, but it's also like a place where they can hang out and be themselves and have work friends and everything else. So I don't know. I feel like the people that I'm trying to attract are kind of like myself where I was like, fuck school. And uh, I just want to do something cool with myself and like make good money. And then, go home and do the other half of my life doing something else. So, 
So you're, you want to, because you can't necessarily offer the craziest packages, you're going to make up for it in culture. I'm trying right? to. Yeah. I mean, I want to offer the packages like slowly right. I'm adding things like I'm trying to add, you know, the health stuff and, and all these other things. It's just like, when I can, I add things and when I can give bonuses, I'm giving bonuses. Or if someone walks in my office and says, Hey, I went to a bank and tried to get a car loan and I can't, can you loan it to me? I'm like, hell yeah. Like go get your car, get your shit figured out. Or I need, you know, to move. It's like, all right, well, let's use the shop fan and trailers and everything and like help you move. It's like, I want everything here to be like, what's mine is yours kind of thing. How many people do you have Dylan? Uh, 11. So I, I think also at that stage, it's like such a tight knit group, which helps a ton. And then it also creates that really kind of family-esque yeah. environment. And then I wonder though, how, like, it's hard to keep that group. I think over 30 is where it starts to feel like, because, because it's like oh, not me interacting with them. It's like their manager interacting with them. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, I don't know. That that's where I've been struggling mainly because we, we lost like three pretty OG, you know, people like in 72 hours, it was yeah. like a text message of, um, Hey, do you have a minute to chat? I was just like, Oh shit. <laughs> it's always like, the worst. You know, you, yeah. Yeah. And it's like the randomest times like Sunday at like nine 30 AM you're like, <laughs> but I think like, that comes back to what me and Andy have been saying at the end of every episode is like two autos or 10 autos. Like I'm very happy with my shop layout, the amount of employees I have, the automation I have everything here. Like, I think I'm good at like that 10 to 15 employee range. Like, I don't hmm. think I'll ever need more than that. So like, I'm happy with the dynamic we have and like the things we're doing and like I said, the culture is just what it is. Like, it's not like we're trying to create culture. We're just trying to make a fun space where we can all hang out. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean that to be in a bad way. It's just, no, I, I, I noticed the transition yeah. of like, there's certain things that people feel that I was like, oh crap. Okay. So, you know, and how, how to help scale that culture aspect. And then I was like, okay, some things I just have to pay. I, I just like, don't think you can. Oh. Like, I don't feel like you can keep the same close knit thing with like a hundred employees. Like, I feel like, you it's it's one or the other like you can spend time and and effort on like doing the best thing you can for your employees at like 10 to 20 and then above that it's like well i literally don't have the time or the bandwidth to do this i I agree however you can um it won't be like duplicated at that small tight-knit group but you can do um, you can make effort anyway to try and keep it there with, you know, with certain things. And I, I drop the ball a lot because we, we have ideas and we do them and then we get busy and we don't do them. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I had somebody that, um, I just, uh, interviewed and actually hired and she came, uh, during her interview, she was like, uh, I asked her, I said, so how did you hear about us? And she said that she heard from somebody who used to work here in a class at school that um, this person that used to work here was, was saying that she got a free drink on Wednesdays. Like we, <laughs> we did this happy hour. That was like, her, that was her, right. you got to work like here. Fucking, he gives you a okay, free, so, but, he lets you drink water on Wednesdays. But, but look what that did. So she overheard, fine, she no, wasn't even fine. like in it. She wasn't even like this private conversation. She overheard this girl saying, yeah, I was at work and they brought in, you know, it was um, we called it uh, I think it was hump day happy hour. Happy hour like yeah. That. Yeah. And so everybody got a drink of their choice and Chad ran and 
picked everything up and brought it back. And so she was telling that story and this girl overheard and that meant enough to her. Just like, wait a second, you know, there's a company out there that went and bought, buys drinks for everybody on, you know, every week. And how cool is that? And that sort of um, speaks to, I know the culture of that company, right? If they give a shit to do that. And so it was just that little tiny thing that somebody remembered. And that's why she came and applied and she's here right now. She actually, I hired her. She started yesterday. And now she's here. So I mean, <laughs> and she found out that you guys don't do drinks on Wednesdays anymore. <laughs> I know. Here's today's a, Wednesday. Here's a gift card. Go. go to the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> you better go get her a fucking in. drink. But Andy we just actually, brings 40s in. <laughs> we stopped doing it because we just got busy and it was winter and all these other things. But you know, it's probably a, a good like summer thing to do. Mm. And because I she told me that, it made me think it clicked. It was like, we should just do this again. Oh, we actually stopped doing it too because Chad left and I don't, who's going to go run and get drinks? I got to find somebody else. And so um, I think that we need Those to do spades. it again because look in, what it is. In did. a smaller business, like under 10 to 15 employees, HR is not a priority. And like, I, th I think when people say the word HR, there's a negative connotation of it, but like in bigger companies, HR are like, you are the cheerleaders basically. And you are there to like, keep everyone in a good spot and keep everyone happy and keep like the pulse of the family. And like, when you're in a small business, the owner is usually that, and they do it when it's convenient, but like, sometimes we do it too late. Um, we're noticing like, we, one of our next hires is going to be like a people officer, like head of people, because there's just so many little like, Oh, did we send them a gift basket on their first day? Or did they get their coupon code for a free tie dye hoodie or whatever? And like, it comes back on me and I'm like, why am I dealing with this right now? You know, <laughs> um, but like Send Bruce to the wrong address, Bruce. Yeah. Bruce, you guys do stuff like you're building out apps to actually like reward people with like, incentive. what are you, was there something you were doing? So there's, there's this thing called bonusly that we just started with, uh, that allows you to like gift people rewards, which is nice. Um, Ingsoft actually brought that over, um, but you know what I found? There's actually some people on your, and you probably have these people on your team who actually care more about culture stuff than you do. And I found that like, I care about it. I know it's important and I want to do it, but it always falls off the priority list. And then things don't happen. Like, you know, um, unfiltered water Wednesdays. So, <laughs> um, so like, uh, I actually, I just, you know, let people do that part-time. And then I was like, okay, here's money, you know, just do something, but consistently. So maybe it's like once a quarter or once a month or something like that. And then they would find a place or they would find a happy hour. Or they would find um, this or that. And that helped, but yeah, it's, Dylan, it's hard. Dylan, what do you guys do? Cause I always see you guys playing like Xbox <laughs> Uh, movie nights. I think this is really important is like people listening to this should realize like if you're a shop owner and you're struggling with employees, culture is your number one thing you can do and that you can start doing that like today. What are the little things that you do along the way that are like small in detail, but they mean a lot to people? Um, I mean, just here, like things that I do, but the thing, the thing is a lot of things that I do here are just things that I enjoy. So like, um, and I just invite everyone here. If they want to come do it, they can. Um, so like one of the things is like, we have a shitload of snacks. Like I probably dump like 300 ish dollars a week in snacks. Um, so I just buy like a ton of chips and I ask everybody too, like, what is it that you guys want for snack? I don't want to just go buy generic snacks. And then they're like, well, I don't want these like granola bars. These are gross. 
Um, so I ask everybody like, what do you want? And then like, we'll change it up every couple of weeks. And like the fridge is always full of like a ton of drink options. And the freezer is like full of like hot pockets and pizza and like other things. So like if somebody forgets their lunch or just doesn't have the money that day or whatever, like they can, they have lunch already in the fridge if they want it. Um, and nobody really abuses the system. It's not like they're fucking pocketing them and taking them home or anything. Um, so like knowing that they have food during the day, if they're like, you know, the two o'clock hits and they hit a wall and they just need something to keep going, there's all that stuff is taken care of. So they don't have to worry about food, drink, whatever. That's always covered here. Um, the other thing I try to do, and we kind of fell off the bandwagon a little bit, but this year I really want to get back into it is grilling Wednesdays. So on Wednesdays, I'll go and get like a big thing of hamburgers and hot dogs and send someone to the store and get like potato salad and chips and drinks. And we have a back deck where with a grill, where we'll just grill for everybody. And if you want to eat, you can cool. Um, the other thing is just like everyone here has full opportunity to pick music. Um, so in the office we have Spotify going and in the shop, we have Spotify going. And so someone on press picks an album. And then when that album's done, the next person gets to pick an album. And so everyone's happy to have like their music playing all day. Um, the other thing is, is I have an open invitation every Thursday for steak night. So after work on Thursday, we go get steaks. And then after steaks, we go to Regal and watch a movie. Wow. Um, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of, I mean, just yeah. food, like yeah, just food break in general is a lot of it. And then Friday's um, taco night. And then Saturday we cook <laughs> pancakes. Yeah. We just eat and then every on Sunday. Day. Uh, it's a sleepover. <laughs> but the thing is, is it, yeah, there's food, but around food is just gathering and like talking and like having a good time. So like True. Thursday night might be steak night, but a lot of it is us sitting at the table, fucking laughing our asses off and then driving to the movie theater. And then we watch like whatever new movie came out that week. And then, like I said, the grilling is the same thing. Like for a lot of us in the summer, it's just getting outside on the deck and sitting in the sun for an hour for lunch instead of sitting in the office. So Dylan, um, um, that works. But even for, for lunch, like our break room is like TVs and couches and stuff. That works for you because you're fine and you're cool and all those things. But what about the shop owners like me who the employees, like they don't want to hang out with me and go see a movie and go to dinner and um, have taco <laughs> night. They're like, if I were to invite them, like, ah, you, you just know, need to wish, pay more. Wish I could, but <laughs> I'm busy. I mean, so I don't know that that would, I don't know that movie night is realistic for I think that I don't, it think, is it, I don't for, think it is realistic for everybody. And that's just, just the way this company is. And it is what it, it's just what I made it into. Um, but I feel like a lot of it is just taking care of the people, like giving them what they want. Like realistically, what they want is good pay, good benefits, but also like a place where they're proud to work at. Not necessarily like, oh, I just got to go here and like get my shit done and get paid and go home. Like mm. we have a whole wall in the front office of like six different like upstate designs. Like we do a ton of stuff all the time. That's like our own branded apparel or whatever. And like I don't force them on employees. I'm like, here's a stack of shirts. Take these and wear these. Like I just leave them. I'm like, they're free to whoever wants them. And I see everyone wearing them or like someone will come in and be like, can I take four? Like my brother and my dad and so-and-so wants them. I'm like, yeah, fucking as many as you want. Like people wearing stuff around is free advertising. So take it and wear it. So that's like another thing is like, they're happy to like support here and be here and talk about here. I, th 
I think what's interesting is like, I've heard the statistic that people spend more time around their coworkers and in their homes and, or, and at work than they do their homes. Oh, for sure. Right. So like 40 hours of like someone's livelihood. I just, I mean, what you're doing sounds like what Google does. Like, right. If you go to Google, they get free lunch, free yoga, free this, free that. And they make it such a great culture that they never want to leave. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of wisdom there. And a lot of that wasn't necessarily like planned out. Like I said, for me, it was selfishness. It was like, I want to eat steak and go to the movies on Thursday. Why the fuck wouldn't I want to do that? And now I'm like, um, oh, it's a business thing. I got to take my employees. I have to do this every Thursday. You just, um, Stephen, you just mentioned that, you know, maybe the employees would never leave. But um, I have uh, a notion that I thought was interesting. And that is, is, is it is turnover always bad? I mean, I wrote down four things that I thought were interesting and um, with turnover. And one is, is while you appreciate, you know, the contributions of that, of that employee and how, however long they've been there and how, how they've helped your company grow. um, Sometimes it's nice to have fresh new talent with fresh new ideas and experiences that come along and like, they're super stoked to, uh, to come to work every day. And not that that the employee who is leaving isn't also, but maybe they're, maybe it's time. There's a reason why they're leaving. Maybe they're burnt and it's, they become complacent even, and they're just ready to go. And so turnover isn't always bad. And it's not always bad that, um, you know, somebody leaves. Um, I would also say um, a lot of times that gives you a chance to redefine roles. I know that when recently a couple of people have left, you can say, wait a minute, time out, you know, what, what were the, what was this person doing? And maybe we need to Uh, maybe what they were doing. And one of the reasons why they left, we need to change somewhat, you know, their role needs to, we need to expand on it, or it's just, maybe it's not even necessary what they were doing. Maybe somebody else um, um, could do that. And also that's just it too, is like somebody else you can promote. It gives you an opportunity to promote somebody to something and they can, and then that person can grow into a role. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's interesting. Uh, It's not necessarily, I think a, a, a certain churn rate is, is normal and maybe even healthy for your company. What would you say to that? That's interesting. That's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good thing. You just said, (laughs) like a a preach or something. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Wait, so you're saying a churn could be good. So new life ideas, new energy. I think it also, yeah, I always say this every next hire will be more strategic and slightly smarter. Like you're always going to make a smarter hire you're, you're going to make mistakes hiring along the way. And like, you usually don't make those mistakes more than a couple times. <laughs> um, or you screen for them better. I don't know. Um, I feel like two years ago, you could walk up here and get a job. Now, like you can't just do that. There's so many red flags that we look for and stuff like that. Right. I feel like there's a lot of things that like I've learned over hiring where like in the beginning, I just like had someone in and I talked to them for half an hour. I was like, do you want to work tomorrow? And now it's like, I screen a ton of people and then I give a couple people like a week trial from like come work and then we'll see how you like at the end of the weekend, just so you know, we're going to make a decision of like you're, you can work here or not because we need to work with you for a week to see if you're a standard tryouts. Yeah. Like literally. Wow. That's, I mean, what do you think, Bruce? What do you think average? Cause you guys are growing. Like what's, what would be an appropriate turnover? Like how many employees you lose a year? 
statistically it's somewhere around the like high teens, mid to high teens is like average. Now those are, those are like companies that report it. So generally they're a bit larger, but that is the baseline, which is actually kind of high when you like actually do the math on your team. It feels like, holy crap. But it was interesting, like listening to what you're just saying, because um, I, I do kind of feel that a little bit, but that's because we're trying to grow aggressively. And so, you know, from zero to, if you think about the skill set from, even from, for like a business owner, like let's, let's put employees out of it. Let's talk about like just us, the skill set from going zero to 1 million is so hard and takes so long and requires like just forward persistence. And then going from one to call it like, let's say five is a totally different skill set of, of a business owner and like mind shift. And I think that's the same for the team too, where it's like, like generalist versus specialist stuff and like actual management and, and um, like actual employee training and, and like the people management stuff. And so that's where maybe you get good stuff out of the churn, but it sucks. Bruce has been like challenging me to make like an org chart, like fill in, like fill in the different roles, write out who you think you're going to need, like put names in places. Do you guys, Dylan, Andy, do you guys have an org chart, like a hierarchy, like this person is in charge of this person and this person reports to this person, or do they all just step up into you? I think for me personally, I've always gone to, like I did a thing with Kudre, the Catalyst program, uh, I don't know how many years ago now. And like one of the things he said that kind of shifted my mindset a little bit was before that, I always thought like companies that it's that, it's that, uh, dick measuring contest of like the, the, the couple questions every business owner asks the other business owner is like, how many square footage, how, what's the square footage of your building and how many employees do you have? And it's like, if I have the biggest building with the most employees, I'm obviously the better fucking businessman. And I feel like it got flipped on its head a little bit when it was like, how efficient is your shop? And like, I'm proud of the fact that I have 11 people and I'm churning out the work that some shops have like 25 people when I'm doing the same thing with 11. Um, so I feel like everyone that's here is very key to like, I feel like everyone here is a manager. I have nobody that's just like, I'm just a, like a low level employee that just like, I feel drones like around um, me. shots were fired at me on that one, but that's okay. That's no, okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that to you at all. I'm just saying that like, <laughs> This is good. I'm just saying that like, <laughs> I look at it as like how much work, how much responsibility can I put on this person and make them feel like they're in charge of their space instead of just being like, well, I need one person to mix ink. I need one person to. But but uh, n- not that like their task maturity isn't all there. I mean, levels of like who reports to who in case of issues, like do they all stem up into you? Like when they have an issue or do they yeah. like, is there a hierarchy of like, I feel I like, know. I feel like for the most part, everyone here goes to someone else first. Like they That's go, nice. they go to like the printers, for example, like if there's, there's four of them, um, if one of them has an issue, they go to the other one of the printers and be like, Hey, do you know how to fix this? Or have you ran into this issue? Same with like uh customer service. Like they'll go to one of each other first. And if they, as a team can't figure it out, they come to me and they're like, Hey, we're having an issue. Um, you make the final call. I got this. Um, it doesn't really come to me that often. I got this neat chart I made because I was talking to Ryan about it. Um, as far as how, if there's issues, um, 
how it escalates, you know, this hierarchy and how it escalates. And this was, this was more of a customer based issues, you know, um, but I thought it was really interesting. And so I have it broken down. Looks like this. Hmm. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty um, technical, but it sort of goes like this. It's like you have customers and they are um, called, let's call the first category elite. Those are, so those are your elite customers, which makes up about 5% uh, of our company. And then there's pro customers, that's 15%. And then standard, I, I don't know, I could probably, I think we need to come up with a better word, but, and that, that makes up the 80% of your customers. And so like on the elite, the 5% of your customers, um, they are, they make just like, you know, this is sort of like the 80, 20 rule, right? So the, 20% of your customers make up 80% of your profit. And so um, that top 20%, which is the elite and the pro that you have defined sort of answers to, because I found that everybody, our customer service team or our account management team would always come to me and say, Andy, you know, this customer wants this, what should we do? So I wanted to eliminate that so that they just sort of knew most of the time what to do. And so you could say like you're, so those 5%, that elite customer, you could um, say say they wanted something rushed or say they wanted a press approval or something like that, that normally would cost, right? And put your team out. But the answer um, to the elite is always just going to be yes. Like, of course, we're going to, we'll rush an order for them. I mean, this is this is assuming they're not abusing that that privilege. But yes, we're going to rush an order for you. Uh, the pro customer on that same that same instance, if they are looking for a rush or something like that, well, the answer may be still yes, we'll rush an order for you. But there's a cost to that, you know. And so maybe maybe you you still they know that it's a yes, and um, then they can just charge for it, and they don't even have to come to me to ask. And then the next, the standard customer, that maybe they only order once a year or whatever that is they have that same request and it could just be a no, you know, they know what to say. We're too busy. No, we're three weeks out. We can't, we can't take on a rush. And so I think that if they have those sort of, and I know that relates to customers and customer service, but I'm wondering if we could do the same sort of thing, um, you know, with escalation with regards to problems, you know, like, just like you said, Stephen, how it goes through the management system and eventually sometimes ultimately has to end up with the the CEO or the president, whatever you're going to, whatever, you know, your role is or the title is. I mean, does that make sense? I, I think I've started, we have like hundreds of, we have a lot of like, I'll get hit up all the time. And now I'm starting to not answer them and be like, please go to your manager first. Mm. And it sounds really weird. Like it just makes sense if I just answer it, but like, we don't want to train the team to just always come running for help. I don't know. Like I I've read that you can only really manage like five to six people. Like you can really only have five. If you really want to manage like people really well, you can really only have five to six direct reports. Bruce, you and I used to argue over this. I think, wait yeah. I thought that was like seven to eight, but seven either to eight. way, it's, it's, okay, something seven to eight, where it's, fine. it's something less than what, what we do. <laughs> it's um, some number under what we're the reality is. I don't know. You know, you know, what's interesting is, uh, I got, I got personally kind of frustrated because maybe more last year, because I, I, you know, the whole taskless thing where you, you start off the day and you got your stuff you wanted to do and things that you know you need to do, but you jump in and, you know, people are asking or this or this is happening. And I think 
what I honestly realized is it was just all my fault. Like I literally just made myself the easiest form of fixing problems. And so why not ask me, you know what I mean? It's like, what? Like I was the person, oh, I'll solve it. I'll do it. Uh, oh yeah. Let me, I, let me just jump in or, uh, here, just pass that ticket over to me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, I created that and that was something I'm still unwinding and we're trying to hire the right people for it. But yeah, therapy. Do you guys have a thing too, where you tell your employees basically like, don't come to me with a problem unless you like have somewhat thought it out and have a possible solution first. Cause like so many people will just come to me with like a thing that is like a saw, like I, they'll come to me with a problem and then they're like, can you come check this thing out? And I go out and look and I'm like, dude, fucking seriously like the answer's right in front of your face or like there was you easily could have like figured this out on your own those are andy's golden rules right andy (laughs) i'm i'm trying to look them up because i don't have them memorized does it actually work i have them i mean i do that here i'm just like i'm just like don't okay so you have them good because i we talked about it on i think it was on cam's episode so what what were there was three things right Hold on. I thought it's, it was your golden rules. No, they're Andy's golden I rules. Yeah. I, I, I didn't remember. I, I can't, I don't have it perfectly if, memorized. Hold on. If you created the problem, come <laughs> yes, to me yes. with a solution to discuss. If you are the problem, acknowledge and change it or remove yourself. If the problem was solvable without my help and you come to me, you lose credibility. That's the passive aggressive Andy. That's sassy Andy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real Andy. Sandy. Uh, I mean, I think those are, those hold true, really. I, I, so. yeah. I tell those to like my shop and I add two more. I said, if you can solve the problem without asking for help, you're learning. <laughs> and then mm. uh, I said, your success is measured by what I don't ask of you. And that's like a big rule at canvassing. Cause like when you do your job, if you come to me asking for like a pat on the back, like you'll get one, but like the above and beyond and the surprises, like I love when, when team members do that and they're like, Hey, Steven, I, I did this. And you know, I rearranged this, but no one asked me to do it. Like, I think those kind of things are super awesome to highlight. I don't know. Do you guys ever do like shout outs? Like, just like, Hey, that was really cool. Just like positive compliments or affirmation or anything. You mean in front of the whole, the whole team or just personally, either if it's like in chat or something like we're on Slack, but like in a huddle or anything, just like just public acknowledgement of little things that team members do. No. I feel like we have a little bit different of a feel here where we would say something really degrading to each other or, uh, that's your acknowledgement. Yeah. Like I'd be like, like, I'd be like, I was like about time you did something good. Fuck face or something, something like that would generally be what I would say. (laughs) That's, that's love though. That's that's love. They understand. They understand that you have trouble with feelings and they know right. <laughs> deep down what that means though. I think it's really important to, uh, you don't want to be the, the leader or the owner or the manager even to always go when there's an issue or a problem, you know, to like not necessarily punish, but always bringing up, Hey, this is wrong and let's fix it. Or this is, why did you do that? So I think it's, I think it's really important to when it, things are going right to acknowledge that too, of course. I mean, maybe even more so like more often than you're going to, over there with the problem. That's for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I need to do that more. We do shout outs, um, like in our company wide meetings, which we have one, I think this Friday. And, uh, I, I asked like our production meeting, I was like, so what, what are we going to talk about? And then I, I like, give me some, give me some material. 
are some points you think we, should, we need to talk about and nobody had anything. So it's like, okay, well, um, I mean, that's on me, I guess, to kind of, and, and that's part of kind of ties back to um, that thing you said earlier, Bruce, is that I think, I think what I'm going to going to talk about is direction. I'm, I'm going to talk about where kind of where we're going. So some things have happened and we're getting ready to implement a few things here, software wise and process wise. And I want to, like you said, that North star, I want to say, here's where we, where we want to go. And I need your help getting there. And I think that if people, you know, then they'll buy in, like, there's going to be certain people that aren't going to, they're going to be like, oh shit, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't want change. I don't like that. But if you um, sort of describe, uh, you know, the reasoning, I suppose, behind why we're doing this to make it easier, then, um, then that's cool. But during that, during that meeting, I think you're right. It's important to, to give a shout out and say, like a couple I, I of think things, what's, I think what's what like I just I'm noticing and Dylan, I didn't know you did all this stuff, which is pretty freaking sweet. But like Dylan, you're in lockstep with your team. Like you guys think the same, you talk the same, you eat oh, the yeah. same. We finish each other's sentences. Yeah. And and sure. that is like that's the holy grail of a team, right? But like I think where that's what, that's what I said is funny is like we could walk around to each other and tell each other to fuck off all day long and like say horrible things to each other. But it's, it would be that thing if we were out in like a bar and someone got in a fight, everyone here would fucking pile on and like save that. Person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, inadvertently, like you have a very, str- but, but you, it sounds like you are the people man. Like you're, you're the people manager there. Like that's, yeah. I mean, I am. That's just, uh, but like, so something we do, so we are all on Slack because we have half our office in Chicago and Champagne, and we've got remote employees and we have a team chat. And I got this from Bruce's channel um, where they like, they post pictures of their dogs all the time. Lots of dog pictures. You and guys both have dogs right now next, next to you, don't you? Yeah. Um, Is there a dog behind you, Bruce? There, there's, there's dogs. <laughs> I got two in here. But so we have a channel that's just about dogs and just people posting pictures of their pets and like the amount of like, it sounds stupid, but like people like, Oh, these are my dogs today or whatever. Or like my dog's sick. Um, but then the other chat is just our team chat. And it's literally just like filled with happy birthdays. Shout out to this person for this. Congratulations on this. And it's just this running, just like banter all day. And sometimes it's annoying to me because I'm like, ugh, like, you know, why are people working? Why are people working? But I'm like, wait, this is like culture building and this, you know, or like we have a channel called Marketing on Press that our press operator, or like lead press operator, Craigan, he's always snapping pictures of really cool prints so that our sales team can send it to their customers. And like, they all just like camaraderies built on there. So I don't, I mean, I think there's different ways to do it, whether you're using apps or rewards or like in person or snacks, like the four of us have four completely different approaches to HR and none of them are wrong or right, you know? Um, so I don't know, like Slack probably wouldn't work at upstate. <laughs> It'll be like, we're here. Yeah, no, we have a, we just have like a AIM. Yeah. We'll just, we just have like a, like a group chat on our text or whatever. What and, was your guys' screen names? Oh God. Mine was lacrosse or 45. I was soccer Stevie 101. Oh, look at that. <laughs> soccer mom 101. Soccer Stevie. What was yours, Bruce? Like Andy? Um, Zeppelin. Mine Screamo. was uh, Schechter, Hellraiser, and some numbers. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I, I have a, I was super into metal in high school and everything. And I had a Schechter 
and some other guitars and stuff. And what do you think Andy's AIM screen name was? Because like Andy probably was like you know on the tail end of AIM. It was probably like, <laughs> it was probably like hip. What dude, was your sixty nine sixty nine or something? Rubber dub man. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, hip what dude, was your what was your Netscape? Oh, name? He's been listening the whole time. What was your MSN login? Andy, when the internet came out, tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it came in the mail and it was a CD. It was awesome. AOL 9.0. Dude, we at my house, we grew up on those discs. Like my dad just, we never bought internet. We just went from like 30 day trial to 30 day trial to 30 day trial. Bruce, to your, um, the people quitting now what? I have three steps. I wanted to just to put this to kind of frame it. To what I think um, you should do. And that is um, step number one, set the tone, lead, be confident and don't panic. And so we kind of went over that before. And that is, is um, somebody comes to you and they, and they put in their two weeks. I know it's tough. You know, the initial, like sometimes your my gut reaction is um, I'm bummed or I'm frustrated or whatever, but you, uh, people watch your team is watching. A lot of times people know when that person is walking into your office to tell you that there, there's like five, six people, maybe more that already know for a week or even more that that person's leaving and they are curious to how it's going to go. And so, um, because maybe one day they're going to, they're going to put in their two weeks and they want to know how you handled it. Um, or if you handle it really awfully, then maybe, uh, they're like, well, this sucks. Like, I, I don't want to work here. This guy just freaked out when this person left and that that's, I don't know. I don't want to work at a place like that. And so, and also when that person comes in and talks to you um, and you're not graceful, uh, well, who knows? I mean, maybe they go off and, 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 you know, after a month, they realize they made a huge error and they want to come back. And that's not such a bad thing. There's such thing as boomerang, like actually sourcing um, people that have recently left and asking if they want to come back, you know, to your, to your team, because um, you know, maybe the situations change and you've, you've, um, whether it's their situation or your situation, it could have changed. So I think it's really important to um, kind of do those things and let them know. I mean, I had somebody that um, was going on vacation right after um, two people had left in their department. And I walked him out uh, that day at at the end of the day to his car and sort of said, look, you know, um, Hey, uh, it's going to be okay. Like, it's because the last thing I wanted to do is is for him to quit, go on vacation, saying, "Man, this whole place is like unraveling." And when I get back, is there going to be anything left? I mean, I'm just going to get a job somewhere else. And so I wanted to reassure that person in that department that everything's going to be cool. I'm going to take care of it, um, and um, we're going to rebuild, and it's going to be fine. Wait, have you tried to recover somebody, or is that worth it? Right? Because it's like uh, we. I always go back and forth on this because it's like, okay, you know. If they have a good offer or whatever, they're excited about it. This isn't like an overnight decision. They, they've been thinking about it for a while. They chatted with the company and it's awesome. Like super happy that they're able to grow at that next spot. Um, is it worth trying or like retention? I think yes. Yeah. I think so. Somebody, somebody comes in and instead of an exit interview, what if you had a stay interview? And like, what if you said to them, I mean, there's sometimes I used to have the, the, my sort of um, theory was that if somebody's coming in to put in their two weeks, I would, I'll never ask them to stay. Um, and because I don't know, I just felt like if, if they're ready to leave and they're coming in to tell me that, and maybe it's, if it's even over money, I think it's a terrible time. Like, why didn't they give me a warning? Why did they come to me and say, Andy, look, 
um, I've got this job offer or I'm looking at, you know, I need my budget. I'm just not make, able to make my budget. And so um, is there anything else? Like, is there a different role I can take on or how can I? Is there Andy, I'm going to challenge you there. Is that the employee's responsibility to do or the employer's ooh, responsibility? Ooh. That, that's really Because good. isn't that's that really good, people Steve. management? Like, isn't that monthly one-on-ones to say like, is everything good? Do you like your role here? Do you see and yourself I feel like as here? A, as an employee, it's hard to bring that up. Like yeah. you just ignore it. And then you're just like, well, like, uh, I hate my job right now. And I'm actually looking for another one. <laughs> <laughs> that's 20% um, more or whatever. Well, well, what if I think that for one, a monthly one-on-one, that would mean I'd have 26 a month meetings, which is pretty tough. Um, and so maybe it's every quarter, right? And so if it's every quarter, there's a lot that can happen during a quarter. Um, I, I think I think we're kind of, we're stuck, right? Because we are too small not to have like a full-time HR that is having those one-on-ones and doing all of that stuff. But but we're also too big not to have that. And so what do we do? We're in that limbo land of 26 people that we're, I can't hire a 75, or I, mean, I guess I could 75 K a year HR full-time or whatever. I mean, but that would be, maybe I would, maybe you're right. Maybe that I would get a good ROI on something like that. that but that could but be an true. HR manager isn't going to do like monthly one-on-ones. A manager is going to do a monthly one-on-one. So like even with 26, right. There's probably four or five leaders or elder, like, you know, OGs. Can they actually do one-on-ones with that? And that's why I was asking for like, is there an org structure? Meaning like, does your middle management, can they meet with your press operators once a month and just check in? You know, Are you, are you Steven and Bruce, are you guys doing one-on-ones? So we have like, I have my direct reports, um, which are like seven, six to seven people. And then they have their direct reports. And everyone has a direct report in the company. Everyone has a direct report. And that direct report, like they're responsible for logging that they have met with them or like that they've set their you know monthly or Do whatever. Do you think that it's necessarily true that um, even though you're having that one-on-one every month, that they're going to actually convey that, you know, th- their, their position on, no. on that, you know, is, will they always? No. I mean, it's, it's kind of it like- helps. I think it helps, but it's like going like how often I, there's a book that I love. It's called high output management. It says like the most effective way to manage someone is one-on-one. Like you will always get the most output reciprocity, all of that. So like, can you train your team to have really powerful one-on-ones like, you know, to ask the right questions, to make sure they're asking about career progression, happiness, culture, fit. Like, do we actually do that? No, we just wait till it's like too late. Um, so like we train cause we work with lots of students. So we train on like how to have a one-on-one meeting. Um, cause I, it's not, it's not easy. And you well, can that's watch what I was going to ask is what does a one-on-one look like for you? Do you just bring them in and you're like, Hey, tell me how you're feeling. So like we have a thing where like the first eight minutes they're spent building rapport and like talking about positive things in each other's lives. So like we build relationship first. It's like the, you know, and then we like set agenda. So like, what are things that you want to talk about today? here are things that I want to talk about today. So like, that's an agreement to have a conversation and then you start digging through them. And then like, we always say like, can you focus on one major thing in your one-on-one, like dig deep into one thing. Um, And like, I think that's actually more like sales management, like Kevin Baumgart teaches, like how to have powerful one-on-ones in sales to motivate. And we just kind of like, that's the way I learned. So my journey with the one-on-ones is I used to have them biweekly just for direct reports. 
then I would reschedule them a bunch because I deprioritize them. Um, and sometimes you have to, like, it's just things are happening, but people I found out actually did not like that. And they like felt like they were just being put aside. Mm. And so I really strive to not reschedule if I, if I can. And then I used to ask more like work or project related questions. I read an article that was just talking about that you sh- is this should be like a time where it's you just talking about non-work stuff or higher level stuff like maybe once a month or, or I'm sorry once a quarter it's more like what do you really I'm just curious like what do you really like about your job or actually what do you like not as much or you wanted to change or things aren't going well and actually push on that one more cuz they're not going to say anything at first and then like, no, 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 like be like super honest. Like what just don't you like so I can help you know, fix and you can think about it too. And I've actually gotten better responses now from that, that I can help start to motivate. Um, now we had one person that left because kind of this reason, but it was a bit too late. Uh, that's my iteration of it. I think, um, I, feel- I think what we all need to do is go back and watch uh, Goodwill Hunting and when um, Robin Williams together uh, movie night. Yeah, we could do I, that. that. That's probably I the love, movie. love that. Goodwill so, Hunting is my jam. I love that movie. So you know, um, Robin Williams. He when first he was he was talking to Matt Damon like no words, right? And so he had to meet with him, meet with him, meet them, share you know his a little bit about himself, and then you sort of have to break down those walls. And so yeah, um, maybe it would do us. Um, it was good to, to go back and watch that scene because it, it sounds sort of like that's what you're saying is that it has to be a regular thing, regular thing where you're, uh, you know, meeting over and over and over again. And so you're, so they're comfortable anyway, you know, so, th- so they're comfortable sharing that, you know, yeah, actually I, I I'm considering, I have gotten some offers lately. For example, I decided to stay, but, but honestly, um, um, maybe the next one, I, I feel like, I might take it, you know, and so I don't know, but they're not just going to necessarily share that if you're only doing it once a year. Gentlemen, Gentlemen. love you. Bye. Farewell, Goodbye, friends. boys. See y'all. We'll see you <laughs> Take later. it easy. Have a great day.